All right, peeps, on today's episode of the Kung Fu Genius, the genius and I will be recapping the epic Hong Kong tour. Lots of gems, at least one secret kumite bar, and lots of, oh dear God, this dinner is so awkward. And it's only day one. Let's get to it. And every day, I practice martial arts. Watch out. Yo, Mikey, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Seagong. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, so our audience may not realize this because we have an episode every week, mm-hmm. but this is actually the first episode we've recorded um, since August, actually. now. So we didn't even record an episode. Well, we're at the very end of September. Yeah. So we've only recorded one episode at the very end of September because in preparation for our awesome Ultimate Hong Kong Kung Fu Tour in Hong Kong, we recorded a buttload of episodes just to make sure that while we were in Hong Kong and in the weeks afterwards, we had enough episodes so we didn't have to scramble to record. But now it's time. We don't have too many left in the bank. We got to start recording again. But for um, for people who don't realize, it's been uh, it's been four weeks for us since the last since last week's episode for everyone else all yes, right yes absolutely yeah so uh, which if i did my calculations correctly i think the last episode should be the bay logan episode mm-hmm. and that was yeah, we did that 4 weeks ago in hong kong Absolutely, yeah. here we are. Um, A lot has happened in these four weeks. You've even traveled again since we got back from Hong Kong. Oh, yeah. I actually stayed in Asia. I went to Japan for a week. That's right. And then when I went back, because I liked Hong Kong so much, I uh, extended my stay for an extra three days when I went back. So I actually went back to Hong Kong for three days just to hang out. Right. And then I came back, went straight to work after what was essentially like an 18, 19 hour journey. Crazy. And then I was in the UK for a week. Wow, back to the fatherland. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, and I got back from there on Monday and then again went straight to work because... Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Here we are in, back in New York in the land of sirens. Today, uh, uh, for people who live in New York, today was the day it rained like crazy and we had all the flood emergencies. City Wing Chun has sprung four leaks in the ceiling. This is a very old building. Our building here where we teach in New York it was built in 1922, so it's over 100 years old. And so occasionally we get leaks and stuff, but that's uh, all part of the charm of having a Kung Fu school. Uh, before we get started, just want to remind everyone that the best way to support the Kung Fu Genius podcast is on Patreon. Patreon.com slash the Kung Fu Genius. Everyone is excited. Those sirens outside. Those are people who are scrambling to support us on Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you can get access to episodes early, uh, a few days early. You also get access to my Instagram subscriber reel, so you don't also have to subscribe to me on Instagram to get get those reels. Plus, every once in a while, I throw little goodies that uh, we don't post here on the channel and a few other things like that. Also, moving forward, as I've announced on previous episodes, we're only going to do Ask Me Anything episodes, AMAs, uh, from questions from our Patreon supporters. So if you have a direct question you want me to answer on the KFG podcast, support us on Patreon. And then you'll get your question answered. So for those of you who don't support us on Patreon, you can still support us by liking this video, sharing this video, and commenting to your heart's delight uh, below in the comments. Uh, those always help and support the algorithm. But uh, if you ask a direct question in the comments uh, for me to answer, uh, I will not be answering those anymore. However, please feel free to suggest episode topics for us as we will start to do more theme-based episodes 
and the AMAs we're going to start to do maybe about once a month. I kind of like the episodes where we talk about a topic for a little bit, yeah. like today's episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, we'll limit the AMAs to about once a month, but those are, again, just for our Patreon supporters. So anyway. Uh, yes, so we want to do a little bit of a Hong Kong recap. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we recorded today, we were still deciding, um, because the trip was so epic, it's like, are we going to try to do one quick episode and recap the whole week, or are we going to do like a couple parts? I'm leaning towards a couple parts because we need content. It could be <laughs> three parts at this point, to be Easily, fair. easily, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. Uh, so um, I hate to toot my own horn. <laughs> but uh, you're going to, though, aren't But you? I'm about to. Uh, I have to say that this year's Hong Kong tour uh, well exceeded expectations. Would you agree? As someone who participated in it, I don't want to speak for those who did the tour, such as mm-hmm. yourself. What say you? And not that I would like to, you know, make your head any bigger than it already is. It's impossible. But he's not lying. <laughs> it was... So unbelievably epic. I actually haven't been able to... It's very hard to explain to people who aren't like Wing Chun practitioners just how epic... Because it wasn't just... The, the, the tour itself, in and of itself, all the plans and everything was, was also good, was, was amazing. But then these really cool things just kept happening on top of it. Yes. Just randomly, we right. would be somewhere. And then this added extra cool element would yes. suddenly... We'd all be, including yourself, being like... <gasps> right. And that, it was, yeah. And the sad thing for me is that the only people I can really geek out about it were on the tour. Yes. Or there were the three people that weren't able to make it, and I feel bad about telling them how awesome it was. Yeah, you don't don't want to feel like you're bragging or anything like that. No, absolutely not. So if you're not local to NYC, one of the easiest ways for you to improve your Wing Chun training is to train online with me. Online private training is tailored toward the individual and geared towards serious practitioners who want to improve their skills or knowledge base. I offer two private lesson subscriptions, twice a month and four times a month. Kung Fu Genius listeners use the code KFG online to get one online consultation lesson free with the purchase of any subscription. That code and the links are in the description below. Online private training is a convenient way for you to ask any of the questions you've had about application, form, theory, or even how to teach. Bring a partner to train with you online at absolutely no extra cost. I'll show you how to train with your partner online. Again, use the code KFG online to get a free consultation lesson with the purchase of any online subscription links are in the description below and i'll see you online yes um so uh, i mentioned it in the build-up to uh the hong kong tour that like look i'm gonna have a set schedule you know we're gonna do uh it's gonna be a mix of general tourist stuff that you want to do if you're going to hong kong for the first time obviously kung fu sites obviously wing chun stuff bruce lee stuff but this isn't my first. This wasn't my first rodeo. Um, I had actually, uh, before the virus of unknown origins, I would go to Hong Kong once a year, and I would usually just informally bring a group of students with me, like you know, four or five students, you know, some of my senior students. And we, I would just say, hey, why don't you guys come to Hong Kong with me? We'd go to Hong Kong. We'd do some training. I would show them around, and it would just, it was kind of more for fun. And then because of this podcast, I would talk about these trips, and people were saying like, hey. Can we also come to Hong Kong with you? So I decided to monetize the shit out of my encyclopedic knowledge of Hong Kong and say, yeah, I can make it a formal tour. Mm -hmm. But um, although this was the first formal tour that I did in Hong Kong, it wasn't the first time that I actually did this tour. I've kind of been, I feel like I've been practicing it for years Mm -hmm. with my own students. So I have like a pretty polished stick. But knowing how every other trip to Hong Kong went, 
it always went something a little bit like what the last tour went. I would say, okay, we're going to, you know, train with my Seabach on this day. On this day, I'm going to take you guys here. This day, we're going to go here. But inevitably, because of the extremely cool circle of friends I have in Hong Kong, things pop up. You know, like, oh, by the way, you know, today, you know, like on the last trip, we got to meet Mars, the, you know, most famous stuntman, I would say, in the Jackie Chan stunt team. Mm -hmm. And that was not planned. Yeah. And there were a lot of other things that weren't planned because every time I'm in Hong Kong, tons of stuff happens that wasn't planned that is super awesome. And that's why I said when I was kind of pitching the tour, hey, we're going to do this, we're going to go here, and much, much more. That's not hyperbole. That's just because I know once I'm there hanging out with my Kung Fu peeps and my martial art friends and my Wing Chun peeps, things are going to happen. Mm -hmm. So um, and things really actually things did happen. really did oh happen. My God. So uh, we ended up staying at the same hotel, the BP International, right there, uh, the border of Tim Sachoy and uh, Jordan, which was a great location for everywhere you want to go. I mean, most of the Kung Fu stuff is in Jordan, and uh, it's well, really right. easy to kind of walk, like all the walking stuff, the Bruce Lee stuff's within walking distance well, of right there. Well, right by Kowloon Park as well. Yes. So like easy to train every day, and then it's like Kung Fu Corner. Yes. And we were on Austin Road, which is the road where Bruce Lee's elementary school was on, right around the corner from the house that he grew up in. So uh, it's, it's, it's really central. Um, but I think one of the coolest elements of this trip is that the group we had, it was almost like a Kung Fu Tour Avengers group, yeah. right? Like we had a, such a cool mix of people who are, uh, and, and not just people who were like Wing Chun nerds, but uh, we had some people who are fans of the podcast. They, they didn't, some of them didn't even do Wing Chun or weren't necessarily Wing Chun people, but they knew about us through the podcast. Uh, there was our good friend uh, Bruce Willow, aka Bruno. Oh yeah, uh, with his uh, uh, who's a, a stuntman from Portugal. He has an amazing Instagram channel, uh, the Bruce Willow. Definitely and subscribe. He also has a, a YouTube channel. He actually has two YouTube channels. I think he's got one that's like in Portuguese, or one that was like more fitness, and one more for his martial arts stuff. His stuff is great, and we even did a reel together last year. So I had already met him before this trip, but he came with his boy Paolo, who's also a stuntman. So Bruno's, all, uh, you know, Bruno's a stuntman, was a martial arts guy, yeah. movie nerd, all that kind of stuff. And he has his own podcast. I've been, I've, I've been on it recently. And, uh, but Paolo, his stunt buddy came, <laughs> and the two of them together are so funny. I think any, any smart producer, like the people who did Big Brother or something mm -hmm. like that, they need to put Bruno and Paolo <laughs> in a house together because these two guys argue like a combination. It's like a combination of sibling rivalry and um, an old married couple. An old married couple, <laughs> right? About everything. And they're always fighting and arguing, but obviously in a way where you know they have a lot of affection for each other. But mm -hmm. um, they were so super cool. They were like such a great addition to the tour. Um, we had Sven and Vicky, uh, two Wing Chun practitioners from Germany. Yeah, I love Sven and Vicky. Yeah, so and much. and and everyone else uh, uh, was. It was so amazing. Like the group that we had, it was so cool. Everyone was so chill. Uh, we had, of course, Ryan Logan, Bay Logan's son, was helping us out with the tour. Yeah, um, big time. But I think one of the coolest things, at least for me, and probably for the Wing Chun practitioners, was the fact that my Sivu. Uh, 
the, the grandmaster of the European Wing Chun organization, EWTO, Sivu Keith Kanchbeck, came on the tour with us. Yes, that was... Which is, like, such a rare thing that he's mm -hmm. going to go to... When he asked me, he's like, oh, can I come, you know, on the tour? I was like, uh, you want to come on my little kung fu tour of Hong Kong? He's like, yes. I'm like... Okay, and he came with my Sihing, uh, Sivu Giuseppe Skembri, who's also a grandmaster within the EWTO. So it was also like surreal showing people around Hong Kong, doing my normal shtick, and turning around, there's like my Sivu and my Sihing, and they're there with me, like listening to what I have to say about Hong Kong. Um, it was amazing. Uh, so um, I've babbled on too much. Uh, let's, since I assume this might be a multiple parter, it might not be, we might finish at the end of this, but like, I don't have anything else to say. Um, let's talk mainly about like your first impression, maybe the first day or two when you got there. Was, what, what stood out to you about Hong Kong when you first got there? <laughs> well, obviously being English, yes. you know, there's, I was absolutely fascinated to see just how much of our uh, colonial influence was still, it's still in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even though China's trying to squash it, it's still, it's still present. You still, mm -hmm. and it, 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 did, did that must, did that really stick out to you when you saw that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you just, it's just walk. I mean, first of all, everything's in English. Yes. You know what I mean? In I mean, British what, English, no Brit, Yeah, British English. I mean, not until you get, when you get out to the new territories, which obviously we got out to during the, the tour, that was a little bit different, but just being in Jordan and seeing all of that kind of stuff and, you know, obviously we're at the BP International. For those that don't know, the, the BP stands for Baden-Powell, and it's actually the Hong Kong uh, headquarters for the Boy Scouts. Yeah, which is a very interesting <laughs> thing about that hotel, right? Yes, yeah. absolutely. They even have a Boy Scout store on the 11th floor. Like yes. It's just, it's yes. just like, you know... Yeah, and we had a bunch of people staying at the same hotel too. So yeah. Sifu stayed there, a bunch of other people stayed there. It was that was the thing. We ended up having the core crew for the most part was there. So we had stuntmen, you and I, obviously, C. Joe um, and, you know, Seabark. And then obviously Brendan was there, or Jose. Like right. it was just... Yeah, Andrew. It was yeah. Andrew as well. Editor like, Andrew. Mm -hmm. Better do a good job with this episode. So because, you know, as soon as we got there, you know, and <laughs> obviously you and Brendan and I met at the airport. Yes. And um, making funny jokes about how we just ran into each other on this tour that we all planned to be on. <laughs> um, you know, immediately, like, trains, really nice, on time. Yes. You know, reasonably priced. I was like, okay, this is cool. We got to the end. The mall was like a vortex that we could not, mall, yes. Yes, could not escape from. Yes. No matter how hard we tried, um, which would become a theme, actually, for me, was throughout the tours, like going to these other malls and just being like, they're huge and massive and I have no idea where I am. Right. But then when we got there, it was like, of course, we're all like jet lagged to absolute high heaven. And we're right. just like, you know, so what are we going to do? Go out and get some food. Yes. And it was just immediately everywhere I went, everything smelled amazing. Yes. And I just got this feeling that regardless of wherever I would go, it would be just fantastic. Right. right. And, we, and, and where we were was a really cool area because we're very close to Temple Street, very close to a lot of touristy stuff, food. And it's very local. You know, yeah. when you go, I think um, Andrew in his great vlog, and by the way, uh, we'll put links to it in the description below. So editor Andrew uh, also has his own YouTube channel, the Adventure Archives. And he does these really amazing travel vlogs. And the entire time he was in Hong Kong, he was filming everything, right? And 
you know, literally everything. And now he's, at the time of this recording, he's edited three of them, which I think just gets us to day two or three. Mm -hmm. And they're amazing, the way he puts them together. And with the music, and I mean, it look, it's like something you would see, it's like an Anthony Bourdain episode, like the way everything's <laughs> shot, right? It's, re it's really incredible. Um, so I would definitely recommend if you guys actually want to get a flavor of what the Hong Kong trip felt like, then uh, check out uh, Andrew's um, video blogs or vlogs or vlogs or whatever you call it. I'll put the link for those in the description. But our boy Bruno, Bruce Willow, also uh, started making some vlogs as well. I think he did one for each day of the yeah. tour. And as of this recording, I think he did up to day two. Um, although he said after watching Andrew's, he was like, oh, man, I thought my travel vlog was awesome. And then I saw Andrew's and it's like I made Coyote ugly and he made Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Bruno's is still great. Yeah. And then uh, another um, uh, person who is on the group, uh, Kevin Maley, he or Kevin Mayle, sorry if I got that wrong. Um, he uh, uh, also made a little video like of the of the whole tour. And his came out right away. I was surprised how fast he edited his together. Yeah, uh, I think it was like the day after I feel we like left. He must have done it on the plane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so there are a few uh, videos where you can actually go and see uh, and get a vibe for what it was like. Um, I think everyone had a really good time. It was really cool seeing Sifu, and it was great being there. It was great, you know. Like like I said, it, it sounds kind of weird, but. Um, because obviously I teach Wing Chun and Hong Kong culture is something that's very near and dear to my heart. And I really get a kick out of introducing my students and also to other people who want to come to Hong Kong for the first time because uh, this trip uh, represented my 27th trip to the uh, former co British colony. And I wish that on my first trip, I had someone like me to be like, all right, here's where to go, here's what to see, here's what to avoid, because the reason why, and in, I don't know, um, correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. but when you're walking around Hong Kong with me, I'm like, hey, we're gonna go down this street here, hey, there's this place over around the corner we're gonna go check out, like anywhere we are, I know like the direction, where to go, how to get there, everything, but that came through 26, hard-fought trips to Hong Kong where I was exploring and finding out and trial and error. My first few trips to Hong Kong were not nearly as productive as the more recent trips in terms of knowing where to go, what to do, and, and, and also the connections that I have. Well, it's funny there. you should mention that because the thing is, it's like I'm trying to, I've been telling everyone about what an amazing time I had. Right. And like it's all, like, it was just fantastic. And yet, I'm not sure how to explain to people that are not kind of kung fu savvy or like into that kind of yes. stuff exactly what they would do while they were there right you know what i mean like because it's like if you go to like japan like you know obviously like there's tons of stuff that are very touristy in japan yes. in tokyo like that but in hong kong i was just like well yeah you can go down and see like the you know see the river you could obviously go to macau maybe right you know but then did like, you say see the river yeah <laughs> pretty much <laughs> rivers are great i like uh, bodies of water you know what I mean? although it's um I, you know it's what? Not, it it's, it's not a river. <laughs> <laughs> it's an estuary. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> well, the point I was making, I guess, was I was because I was I couldn't think of the words for like the Hollywood Walk of Fame was what it was like the the, the Hong Kong version of it. Uh -huh. so that's Avenue of the Stars. The Avenue of the Stars. Yeah. That's why I couldn't remember those. So you got the Avenue of the Stars, right? But then after that, I'm like, you know, just I I mean, if I'd gone there and not known anything. <coughs> I probably would have just spent my whole time pretty much what we did, but then without the tour, just right. eating and drinking and yes. doing whatever, right? You know what I mean? Yes. So 
Emphasis on whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> That's for the KFG after dark. <laughs> but, you know, it, yeah, it's been very hard to explain to people who aren't, like, Kung Fu related just how amazing it is and what they would do there other than go to Lang Kwai Fong. Right, you know right, what right, I mean. Right. So yeah, although um, there were a, a couple people on the tour that I, I would say are probably not the biggest kung fu heads, mm-hmm. and I think they all had a really good time because I, I tried to have a mix of like the typical Hong Kong tourism mm-hmm. and obviously have an emphasis on like the kung fu, Wing Chun, and Bruce Lee stuff. Because it would be weird if I took you guys to Hong Kong and we only looked at like nerdy Wing Chun stuff and I didn't take you to Lan Kwai Fong or we didn't have a ferry ride over the harbor, not the river. Uh, or we, you know, you didn't see the, 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 the lights of Hong Kong Island at night or, you know, I didn't take you to Lady Street or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I wanted to make sure that like anyone who came on this tour and then told their friends about it, and some of their friends went to Hong Kong and would be like, well, well, did you go to the peak? Yeah, we went to the peak. Did you see Lan Kwai Fong? Yeah, we went to Lan Kwai Fong. But we, we did all the other stuff too that you normally wouldn't do if you went on a typical kind of tour. We went to Stanley, we did the whole south side of Hong Kong Island. I mean, yeah, like, we did a lot of touristy stuff. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. We also hung out with Mars, mm-hmm. all right? Yes. And that was pretty amazing. Now. Admittedly, the bit with Mars was right at the end of the tour, after the tour had finished. Um, Bay Logan uh, sent me a text and he's like, hey, Mars is coming over to the uh, Marshall Club uh, because they were shooting some, I think, some DVD extras or something for some upcoming re-release. I think either a Project A and one more movie. So we basically got to watch um, Mars get interviewed for these extras. And it was... So Mars wasn't being interviewed for the other documentary which documentary? The one that we did the sound, because this was a personal highlight of mine, being uh-huh. able to do the sound for C. Joe when we did that interview with no, him. No, 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 that, that's my project. Uh, no, no, this was this was something else. I only say that because Mark Oberdorfer was there when Mars was there as yeah, well. Yeah, no, he so. came just because he wanted to see Mars, because he's a geek. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Right. For a second, I just thought, oh, he's a filmmaker. He's obviously there doing this thing. Yes, right? no, this no, thing. no, he was there because it's freaking Mars, okay? Fact. So so for people who don't know Fa Sing, Fa Sing is Mars in Cantonese. Fa means fire, mm-hmm. Sing means star, because Mars is called Firestar in Chinese because it's red. Yeah. Um, and that was his nickname or his stage name. And uh, he, if, if you've seen old school Jackie Chan movies, uh, you, you undoubtedly have seen Mars's face. Police Story, uh, you know, uh, Project A. You know, he's either like, he's either some guy Jackie's fighting or he's like a buddy, you know, or he's in Dragon Lord. He's in all of these films. But what a lot of people don't know is he, you know, because I know the big party line is Jackie Chan does all his own stunts. Um, it's not entirely true. We say Jackie Chan does most of his stunts, um, or did, I should say. I mean, he's older now. I don't think he's doing as many stunts, if any, now. But uh, some of his really hard stunts, like the famous clock tower stunt in Project A, that was actually really Mars. Yeah. And Mars told us the whole story, and it was amazing. I don't want to give too much away because it's in whatever DVD extra, whatever upcoming release. Uh, by the way, every time you take a swig of that coffee, half of that, it's not the ice that's dripping on your shirt, it's the coffee. So every, every time you take a sip, it, the, I don't know if there's like a leak in it, but there's like all this coffee that is just landing on your shirt. 
And I look at it and I immediately forget what the hell I was talking about. <laughs> I get lost into your the coffee being absorbed into your t-shirt. Like it's a black t-shirt. It's a flavor saver. You can you can smell it later. I, okay, well, I guess um I don't know. This this trip was so awesome that I've forgotten how to use my mouth. Yes, yes. Basic basic <laughs> functions basic, as a human, basic right? Basic bodily functions. Yeah. So Mars was really cool and and one of the highlights of Mars being there being interviewed is that um, although Mars is generally a stuntman, but he was also in Enter the Dragon. Uh, there's photos of him on the set with Bruce Lee. Um, what, what's interesting is, you know, although he was a stuntman, so he was either a stuntman for Jackie or someone else, or he's just a stunt player in the movie. Um, he did have a contract, I think, in the late 70s to do a few movies where he was the star. And he did one, uh, and it didn't uh, it didn't become a big hit. So they never they didn't fulfill the other two movies of the contract. But uh, we watched that movie that he was the star. Uh, uh, Sekin Han from Enter the Dragon was in there, and uh, Mars essentially gave us live commentary uh, to this film that he starred in, uh, and he said he had not seen the movie in forty years, and I forget I forget the name of it because uh, the the title. There was like a Spanish title, yes, it was a Spanish and title. then I forget the the English. It was something about like the the tramp or the gentleman and the whatever or something like that, right? Um, but it was amazing. Like the stunts were amazing, and then while things were going on, he was saying, "Oh, I got really hurt when I did this," and then he would give a little background. And that's what I like uh, about Mars because I've I've had the really uh, great opportunity uh, to meet a number of. Hong Kong action stars, not just stuntmen, but like, you know, people like Lo Mong, Lu Fang, all the like, guys who were in the Venoms and all this stuff. And uh, they always have these great stories. But uh, sometimes with some of these guys, they don't really remember all the details because uh, when they were contract players, sometimes they would make so many movies. And they, they didn't know that some of these movies got released to the West and became popular. And they probably forgot which ones those were. So sometimes like, you know, I, I remember uh, even asking Sivu Langteng once, who was a film choreographer, uh, assistant choreographer for Shaw Brothers for a number of movies. I asked him about some of the movies that he was on, and he was like, I don't remember any of that stuff. He's like, we would just show up. We had the script. We had to put something together, and then we did the next job after that. So it's like, for us, it's really memorable. For them, it was just like, you know, in, in the Shaw Studios, you would show up on Monday and some director would say, okay, you're playing a Manchu prince. Here's your costume. Here are your lines. You're going to show up at 10 and there you go. They didn't audition for these roles. They were on contract. Yeah. So they would just be and, and then, okay, you're going to do some, you know, so-and-so is going to put together the choreography. Go ahead and put that together. And then we're going to shoot at four o'clock today. So the thing is, they would just show up and they would just make movies and read scripts and have to memorize lines. And they didn't even maybe know what the story was. So it wasn't like... The, the idea of like auditioning for a movie and then you get ready for your role and you're a method actor and then it's like you were just given a costume given a bunch of lines and you showed up and you did your thing right more or less so uh sometimes when you ask these old like especially the shaw guys because they were really pumping those movies out they they don't really remember shit because they were like it was almost like going to a nine to five job monday through friday and it's like you know explain what happened on the 18th week of any job you had 20 years ago it's like you're not going to remember that. <laughs> but Mars has a, an incredible memory for details, for facts, for behind-the-scenes stuff. And, all oh, this guy was salty with this guy. And then this guy didn't want to do the stunt, so I had to come in and do it. 
but Mars also remembered the amount of money he got paid for stunts. Um, and so that was really great just to like be in his presence. I've just seen his face so many times in all those movies and hear those stories. It was really, really awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was super cool. He was super cool. So, uh, the first day, uh, so we, we had all arrived a number of days, like the tour started on a Monday. Mm-hmm. I think we arrived on a Thursday. So we had a weekend of kind of getting used to Hong Kong time. And well, you know, we also did, <clears throat> we did a little kind of pre-tour tour. Yes, you yes. Know, just so we got an idea of what was yes. going on. We I, was a, I was a little nervous because it was the first time I had such a large group. You know, like I said, previously I would just bring five or six of my students with me to Hong Kong and that's manageable. Plus those are my students, I know them, we're all close, right? But now I had like a group and while I knew a number of them personally, there were some people there I didn't really know that well. And so you don't know what's the group dynamic gonna be like. And also, what's it gonna be like walking through the narrow streets of Kowloon with 25 people? And like, are they even gonna hear me? Like what's going on? So I wanted to make sure I had a couple guys like you kind of in, the group to kind of keep moving people along. So I, I basically gave you guys a pre-tour. Yeah. Like I took you to some of the sites and I'm like, this is what I'm gonna talk about. Okay. That way you don't feel bad if I lean on you <laughs> to hurt a bunch of because it's 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 like herding H-E-R-D-I-N-G, herding. All right. Because mm-hmm. I said this in Hong Kong. I'm like, this is like herding cats. And someone thought I said hurting cats. <laughs> like, well, no, that the, would be enjoyable. No, with, just kidding. Well, with uh, the American accent where you soften the T's to D's, yes. of course you're doing a bit of Right, right, cats. right. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. It's okay, um, I got it. I understand. Yeah, we have lots of <laughs> we have lots of problems with our accent. Uh, <coughs> governor. All right, so uh, <laughs> so anyway, I so I, I thought, okay, maybe I'm gonna need you and Brendan to kind of help me along. So let me give you a little pre-tour so you don't feel bad. Basically you're going to have to hear the same thing twice. So, so you're not going to feel bad if you don't hear it the second time because I have you, you know, hurting a bunch of cats in the Absolutely. back. Right? But it actually ended up working fine. Everyone kind of, st- we stayed in our groups. Everyone kind of moved along. It, it worked. We didn't lose people too, too often. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't too bad. So, the, um, the, so after we had kind of acclimated in that first weekend, uh, the day one, we did a, a, a walking tour of Kowloon. So basically walked around, we did Temple Street, and then I showed the Ting Gym, Queen's Elizabeth Hospital, you know, a few Wing Chun sites, Bruce Lee's home, and then we went down to Chim Sa Choi and went to the carport where Bruce Lee took the photos. We had lunch at the uh, 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 I-Square Mall. Yep, and Jan- Jackie Chan, was it the Supercop? We went to uh, uh, Police Story Police 1. Story we went to Wing On Plaza where people Wing could see Plaza, that's it, where yeah. he did the jump, and then at nighttime, I couldn't be there because I had something really bizarre happen to me on Monday night. Mm-hmm. Monday night, uh, you know, so it, basically every day I set it up so, like, we would have a main thing we would do in the day. Like, you know, uh, uh, go to, you know, Yip Man's grave or go to Chingsan Monastery. They'd be, like, the main thing we're doing that day. And then I gave you guys a, usually a little bit of a break. And then we would do something again in the evening. Something a little bit, like, a, a little bit less heavy. You know what I mean? And uh, on the first night, the less heavy thing was going to be, oh, we're going to go, you know, uh, over to the Hong Kong Island side and take a look at Manmo Temple. And then, you know, look at the, the every night at eight o'clock on the Hong Kong Island side, they have a light show. All the buildings are coordinated. And if you're on Jim Sa Choi side, you can see the lights. It's amazing. So I wanted you guys to like have all that on the first day, a walking tour. So you knew what a cool neighborhood we were in, you know, see some touristy things, stuff like that. Um, but uh, I couldn't join on the uh, Monday night 
And and uh, for a kind of a surprise, speaking of surprises and last minute shenanigans, uh, so then I had to kind of put Ryan in charge, mm-hmm. and then you guys go over to the Manmo Temple only for me to find out that they close at eight o'clock or something like that, yep. right? Oh no, sorry, they close at six. Uh-huh. And so by the time you got there, the temple gate was closed. I know that now for the future. Um, but uh, Bay Logan swooped in to save the day and started talking about all the. All the movies that were shot there, and then you guys got to do your thing, which was really great. So that part was saved. But the reason why I couldn't come and lead my own tour on Monday night, and this is why I had hired an assistant just in case something came up, uh, is because I had dinner with Sifu Lang Tang. <laughs> hey everyone, just want to let you know Wing Chun Illustrated is now offering a paperback edition through Amazon reaching a larger global market. And no, they're not ditching the glossy magazine edition through MagCloud. You can now simply choose the version of this magazine you prefer and the one with the cheapest shipping wherever you live. Order your copy of Wing Chun Illustrated today across 12 Amazon marketplaces with free shipping for Prime members. Go and check that out. Um, which for, uh, I mean, for anyone who's kind of followed the podcast for a while, you might understand what that might, in- the awkwardness that might entail. It was a surprise for all of us. It was a surprise it for all of us. Um, because, uh, you know, for, for the people out there who don't know, uh, you know, Sifu Lerngting, as I'm from the Lerngting lineage, the style of Wing Chun that I teach is from him. Um, however, I left his association in 2011. And uh, Siva Lengting, uh, you know, had a very large Wing Chun Association, perhaps the largest, if not one of the largest, uh, especially because of his presence in Europe, mainly due to the efforts of Sifu Keith Kanspecht, who was with us on that trip. Um, and I was, you know, a card-carrying, you know, flag-waving official banner holder of the Lengting organization until 2011. And I quit because of, you know, there was some politics and stuff going on in the States. Actually, the reason why I quit didn't have anything to do with him directly. It was because he had and still has idiots running his U.S. association um, who have since since I left. There was a mass exodus of Wing Chun instructors from the U.S. association, which I would assume Siva Lengting probably blames me for. Although uh, I, I always equate it to, you know, that, uh, you know, the um, moment in um, The Wizard of Oz where they throw the water on the witch and then mm-hmm. she starts melting and then like Dorothy and the lion, everyone, they're like worried that all of the witches people are going to ha- like jump on them for killing the witch. And everyone's like, everyone's like, ding dong, the witch is there. Like everyone's like, you know, happy yeah. because they were basically oppressed by her, right? When, when I quit the Langting Association, uh, I, I did it on my own and my schools basically stayed with me. And I think because at that time I had one of the biggest, if not the biggest school in their association in, in the U.S., all right? Yeah. Not, not elsewhere. I mean, there are schools in Europe that are way bigger than mine, but for the U.S. at least. And I think it was kind of one of those moments like, oh, my God, that guy quit? Oh, I think I can quit too. And then there was like kind of an exodus over the next three years of their most high-profile sifus. And what you kind of have left are... Um, you know, I hate to sound harsh, but it's not it, the, the stars have all left. All right. Yes, I'm not saying I was one. I'm just saying like all all the main people who really could do something and kind of had a presence or had a name. They're all gone. Right. Yeah. And so you were left <clears throat> with kind of the runt of the litter in terms of the management and the instructors. And I assume that Siva Lengting and kind of his way of thinking blames me for that. But I always just say it's everyone was kind of unhappy with the way the association was being run. And when I quit, I think that gave some other schools the confidence to also quit, right? Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, as a result, Siva Lengteng probably doesn't have a very high opinion of me, but this is not something I control. And 
I don't really care. All right. Yeah. So um, I didn't really have anything. You know, after I quit, I just went on my own merry way. I opened my association and, and did my own thing. And around 2015, 2016, that's when the infamous uh, uh, newspaper battle in, in Hong Kong occurred between me and Sifu Ting, where he very stupidly, in my opinion, tried to make a claim in a newspaper that I only learned Wing Chun for one week. Um, and then when the newspaper, uh, Apple Daily, which uh, uh, no longer exists because China says they should not exist, uh, so Apple Daily go bye-bye. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, they uh, asked me for, like, you know, uh, to, you know, I had an article in Apple Daily, and then Siva Langting responded with, like, oh, this idiot only learned Wing Chun for one week or whatever, right? <laughs> which is great. And uh, he had his assistant, Robin, sign it. You know, so because, of course, Siva Langting never wants to put his own name to his dirty work. So he has his assistant sign it as if it's his statement. And his assistant, Robin, is someone that I knew for years. And he knew damn well that I had trained in Europe and had trained. I was already an instructor when I opened my school, obviously. Yeah. And then after I was an instructor, after I had opened my school, then I started learning privately from Siva Langting and in seminars here and ever for years, for nine years, after I was an instructor. Yeah. So Robin knew that, but of course he, he's kind of a rubber stamp, whatever, whatever, you know, Sifa Langting tells him to jump off a bridge, he, will he won't even ask how high because he's getting uppity if he asks another question. If Sifa Langting tells him to jump off a bridge, he just jumps off a bridge, right? And so, uh, so he rubber stamped it, which was kind of like, really? Like, I knew this guy and he writes that, right? Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, uh, when they asked me to counter the claim, I said, wow, if I only learned Wing Chun for one week, I must be a Kung Fu genius. But And then they, they put that in, in, in the little subheading, and then all my friends in Hong Kong who saw the article said, hey, Kung Fu genius, hey, Kung Fu genius. <laughs> so, which is funny because I do occasionally have to answer this charge in the comments by Johnny Come Lately's to my podcast. Well, it's not very humble calling yourself a kung fu genius. Yeah, who, I'm not the one calling myself a genius. All right, okay. And if you understand the origins of the name, all right, and I hate to constantly, because I have repeated this story about three or four times throughout the podcast, but there's still chuckleheads in the comments who don't know that. So, Andrew, what I think I want you to do is take this segment where I'm talking about how I got the name and let's cut this into a shorter video so I can just plug that link anytime so it's not very humble you call yourself genius, buddy. All right? Because the reason is the joke was my former teacher who I had learned from for nine years after I was already an instructor told a bald-faced lie that I had only learned Wing Chun for one week. And then I said, well, I must be a Kung Fu genius if I learn all that Wing Chun in one week. It's a self-deprecating self humor. It's a joke. Yes. And as I've said multiple times, in terms of all of my friends in, my, in, in the Kung Fu circle in Hong Kong, people like Max Sifu or like you met Arthur Tang or whomever, all right? Or, or you know, Lee Tin Loy from Southern Mantis or Wan Kam Leung, a very good friend of mine who you also met, right? I, I'm not even I'm not even in the same room as them in terms of like knowledge and experience and and uh, uh, claim to the throne of kung fu genius. It is hyperbole. It is an exaggeration. Mm -hmm. It is a joke. It is done poking fun of me. Okay, mm -hmm. and anyone who attacks me for taking it seriously 
doesn't know their history. So anyway, last month I had dinner with the guy who was the reason why I have the nickname Kung Fu Genius. Yes. Awkward. It's getting <laughs> awkward in here. It was so awkward that uh, you had to come and to, I managed to find a terrible bar in Jordan. Uh-huh. Well, well, just just actually, to kind of be away yeah. while I, while that was going on. Okay. We, were, we were ready to go after like the, the jet lag had sort of kind of yes. got a few of us. And I was just like, I want to, because it's me. Right. I was like, I want to go out for a drink somewhere. I found this. To get to this bar, as you know, because you ended up coming to the bar. Uh-huh. Which one was it? It was, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it was the one in Jordan. Okay. And it there was are like, many in Jordan. Like, it's that one bar in Jordan. Is like, yeah, well, I, I found many afterwards, right. but I had a nightmare trying to find all these bars. But I found uh-huh. this one, <clears throat> and you have to go up these steps that look like you're going into some very, very sketchy flats. Uh-huh. Apartment building, Yeah, right? flats. Uh, apartment buildings for uh, the non-Brits. And then you go up, and you go up one flight... Long corridor, another flight, little bit of a corridor, turn right, and there's a small one, and then you have to go into this door, and then it's like a, almost like an airlock. On the inside of the door, there's all this soundproofing, uh-huh. and then you go into the bar, and it's clearly on the second or third floor, yeah. but there's no windows. Yeah. And um, but they're darts machines and everything is black. It's 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 like it's like the way to the Kumite. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I was just like you're like you just text us, oh yeah. Ooh. I need to just, yeah, I need to not have any more weird conversations. Like, we got you. Come, yeah, come, yeah, come, yeah, come, yeah, come yeah. on up. Come, yeah, come right, to the bar. Let's right. go. Let's have a beer. You know what I mean? So uh, in reality, uh, Siva Langting wasn't, so, so for, for full disclosure, he wasn't there to meet me. He, he wanted to see my Sivu, you know, Sivu Kanspecht, who's his, obviously his student and his main representative for Europe, because it's very rare that Sivu is ever in Hong Kong. It was just kind of a weird thing that I was also there. Because I'm like the former rebel student of his association there with his like number one guy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was kind of awkwardly stapled onto the dinner reservation, right? <laughs> so it was Sivu and my seeing had talking with him. And then oddly enough, Robin was there, okay? The guy who I had known for many years and the guy who kind of rubber stamped that thing. Now, to be fair, because I did just say some pretty harsh words about my seeing, okay? What I just said about him, all right? being a rubber stamp for Grand Messelangtang and writing this thing that he knew wasn't true and everything like that. That was him then, okay? Uh, he has since gone through some stuff and he's changed, okay? So, so I, I don't wanna like, look, if you look at past versions of me, okay, you're gonna find versions of me that were complete assholes, current versions of me that are still complete assholes, right? Uh, like, I'm not, uh, it's not a holier than thou thing. It's just that, you know, when you make a public statement in a newspaper and you put your name on it and you know it's kind of nonsense, you know, that's a little bit different than you just said some shit to someone, eh, you know what I mean? And so I saw him then also for the first time since that stuff, right? And he's gone through some stuff personally, and I can tell you that he's also changed. Like, he's not that guy that he was. So... Uh, what I said a moment ago, I, I, because you, you said something in between, I wanted to say this like right after I had said that. So it, <laughs> it didn't seem like, cause then now that whole statement can be taken out of context for me to like, you know, like, oh, I'm talking shit about Rob. But the thing is mm-hmm. that Robin is chilled out. Robin has gone through some stuff. I, I would believe that he wouldn't do the same thing now. All right. Um, and the reason why I can't blame him for that. All right. Even though it affected me. So one, it gave me the coolest fucking nickname in martial arts. Okay. 
even my jujitsu friends think the Kung Fu genius is a fucking cool nickname, right? Uh, because, you know, like, like Kung Fu may not have the biggest reputation right now in MMA circles. But like, yo, yo, bro, that's the Kung Fu genius over there. It's, it's kind of funny, right? But the truth is, like, like people like Sifu Brian Cuddle, like, they, they know so much more about all the Kung Fu forms than I do. I'm just a Wing Chun nerd. It's a very undeserving title for me, but it's just kind of funny. And... I'm married to it now because it's it's the podcast name, right? Mm -hmm. um, I don't think Robin would do that now. But the thing is, the reason why I don't blame him, besides the fact that it ended up coincidentally giving, giving me this great nickname, is because um, I know what it's like to be under Sifu Langting's influence. And when you're like following him and you're learning from him and you're like in that circle, he's got that kind of charismatic magnetism. I mean, you know, he was this guy who had... Learned from you know, Grandmaster Yip Man, and he's like been through all this stuff, and he's like, you know, was very popular and very successful. And when you really have a chance to talk to him, he's got great stories. He knows so much about all the different Kung Fu styles, all the different Wing Chun styles. He can tell you about the squabbles between all these guys. If you're a Wing Chun nerd and you have the time to spend time with Sifu Langting and he likes you, it's really great. And I also know what it's like to be under his influence because I too have written statements against other people on his behalf. Yeah. Things that I regret as well. I have also, you know, sent emails or I've ostracized people who left the association because he told me to do that. Yeah. So the thing is, I don't blame Robin for that at all, okay? Um, when I say he was a rubber stamp and if Siva Langting told him to jump, he would jump. Maybe the, the 2016 version of Robin, all right? But not the 2023. That guy is a different guy. So I just need to be very, very clear. Mm -hmm. um, and also because I understand what it's like to be under Sifu Langting's influence when he's close to you. And that feeling like, hey, this is the guy who's teaching me all this stuff. Man, if he asks me to do this, I'm going to totally do it. You know what I mean? Uh, just to give you an idea, when I started learning from him in 2002, he had a guy whom he considered an enemy. And he asked me if I would go beat that guy up for him. <laughs> and I was like, sure, of course, you know, whatever. You know, it was like because he's teaching me and like you want to kind of represent or whatever. But this would have this would have entailed me traveling to another country and fighting in another like basically going into someone's <laughs> school in another country and assaulting them and then hoping not to get arrested by said local authorities in this foreign country right. and then making my way back to the States. I imagine you like, you know, get there. You basically, you have a return trip in the same hour, right? You yes, I mean? exactly. So, so you to, get to, to play, play. Yes. keep the meter running in yes. Italian. You yes, know what exactly. I mean? I'm taking right? a guess. I don't yeah. know. Right. You know what I mean? Coming, yes. Coming quick. Right. Yeah. So, uh, uh, but I remember like, uh, at that time I was in a relationship and I told that to my significant other and she was like, you're an adult, you have a school, you have responsibilities. You're going to go to another country and fight someone and fly back. Like, what are you even thinking? I was like, oh yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, but the thing is until she said that, uh, she was the voice of reason. If that person that he wanted me to beat up was there, I would have done it. So the thing is, I don't blame, I, I, know, I, know, how, I know how influential Siva Langton can be, especially when you're learning from him and you want to please him and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, my apologies if I came off sounding like an asshole about 10 minutes ago for what I said. It's just that uh, it felt like a little betrayal and even now it still feels like that. Yeah. But after I saw him, 
I think it's 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 all done. Well, it's all water it's, under it's, the bridge. It's like being married to someone. Yes, you know what I mean. Sometimes yeah. your significant other yeah do stuff, and you have to you have to back them because you're the good husband. Yeah, exactly. Even exactly. though you know it's yes, even though you know it's wrong. You know. So I don't I don't blame Robin for that. If I was in his position, mm-hmm. I probably would have written the same damn thing about someone else, right? Yeah. So anyway, uh, so I sat there awkwardly at dinner, and. Uh, Steve Langton kind of looked at me a couple times. His wife was there. She's kind of his spokesperson now, I suppose. And uh, yeah, it was awkward. It was weird. It couldn't end soon enough. And I was there just to support Sifu. You know yeah. what I mean? Because uh, quite frankly, I, I didn't want to be there. I didn't have anything to say to him. And I didn't really say anything to him the whole time. We took a couple photos and that was it. And that was day one. And that's all I got to say about that. Okay, everyone. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Kung Fu Genius. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the Kung Fu Genius. Hit that bell for notifications. If you have any ideas or comments or suggestions about a future episode of the KFG, put them in the comments below. And as always, I'll see you guys next time. Word is I'm a Kung Fu Genius. Technique speaks for me, not lineage. Forget Jet Li, cause I'm the one. Many call me Sifu, but to you I'm Seagung. And I produce masters. You surpassed us. Your Kung Fu stiffer than corpse and caskets. City Wing Chung is the house I built. Violate the gate and your blood gets spilt. Alex Richter, always the victor. Since the court case, I'm surprised they let me... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I couldn't resist. I'm terrible. You can cut that out, Andrew. <laughs> All right, peeps. On today's episode of the Kung Fu Genius, the genius and I will be... Oh, my God. See, I was about to say all sorts of hot nonsense. Fucking bullshit is that. Fucking bullshit is what it is. All right, peeps. On today's episode of the... <laughs> lots of gems, at least one secret Kumite bar, and lots of... I know, I remember it now. I was just like, okay. The genius and I will be recapping the epic Hong Kong tour trip. That doesn't sound weird. Hong Kong He's like a child. He's like a child. (laughs) (laughs) He just likes buttons. Anyway. (laughs) 